Hey all, quick content warning. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing some sensitive topics, including sexual assault. We know this is a difficult subject for some people, so please take care of yourself while listening. Hello and welcome to Teens Talk Sex Ed, a podcast where teens talk real sex ed, share stories of being peer educators, and answer the burning questions you don't want to ask your parents. All the All of the podcast hosts are members of Planned Parenthood's Teen Council, a program where high school students learn all about sex education and teach in middle school and high school classrooms around the city. I'm going to be your host today. I'm Liza. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm going to be a junior in high school next year. Hi, my name's Abby. I use she, her pronouns, and I'll also be a junior next year. Hi, I'm Natalie. I use she, her pronouns, and I will be a freshman in college next year. So I was a senior this year. Woo! Go, Natalie. <laughs> college student. <laughs> Today we're going to be following up on part one of our consent lesson. Um, yeah, so, so I'm just going to ask you guys, um, what can one hear and learn about consent from the media? And how would this affect one's understanding of consent? Yeah, so I would say that um, a person that consumes media really is not going to hear much about consent. I think maybe if you're getting the right algorithm on Instagram, you might see some stuff, but like if we're talking movies or TV shows, like you're really not going to see any consent um, when it comes to like um, sexual like scenarios like I that it's just always skipped over and like just kind of assumed by everyone when really it's the most important step and it's just not talked. Okay, so when we were playing this podcast, we thought a lot about how there's a disconnect between the kind of consent we're teaching in classrooms where there's this verbal communication happening, there's body language happening, we're making sure those two things are matching up. Process. Um And then that's really different from what we're seeing in media and shows and what's seen as like cool and typical sex. And I don't think that's a good lesson to be teaching people. Yeah, yeah, completely true. I think um, like talking before sex or anything like that is like kind of seen as uncool or um, uh, emasculating when, which like is completely untrue. Like, it's a radical concept, I know, but people want to feel safe and comfortable and respected in sexual activities and in all activities. Um, but which is why, like, which is why it's so important to make sure that there is consent and that there is clear communication. Um, because if you cross the line, like, you know. There's no going back, and it's just, like, a bad experience for everyone, but as long as their communication, it's it's good and happy for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I would say also, like, I think in the media, like, that safe, comfortable, respected, like, um, uh, like, atmosphere is just kind of a given when it's really not, like, in most scenarios, like, it is, it might be a little awkward, and, like, to be like, is this okay? Like, you know, um, like, can I do this? But like, it needs like that conversation and like communication needs to be had in order to create like 
um, an atmosphere where everyone feels okay um, with what's going on. And um, that it's just not a given um, thing. So like really just communication and going through fries is so important. I'm curious what you two think of this. When we're in classrooms, we often really push the idea that before something happens, someone should ask, can I do this? And the most common example we use is someone asking, can I kiss you? And we sometimes get a ton of pushback in classrooms and kids will be like, oh, that ruins the mood. That's not sexy. What do you think of that? Or how would you respond to that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, what I was saying, like, communication like that, it can be kind of awkward to be like, can I kiss you? Or just like, something that you wouldn't think that you would need to ask. But like, I feel like Liza was hitting on this er earlier, like, it's a lot awkward, more awkward, like if you kiss someone or you do something that that person did not want to happen, then like asking them if that's okay, and like making sure that you are totally fine to do whatever you're going to do. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, totally. I was talking to a friend about something that happened to them recently. And they were talking about how sometimes when someone is leaning in to kiss you, you're so confused on like what's happening that it becomes more awkward. And they were like, I really, really like it when people ask, can I kiss you? Because then I know what's happening. Right, like either I say yes, and yeah. we both know what's about to happen. We're able to kind of coordinate the lips meeting in a better way. Yeah, it is. Sorry, Adam, what'd you say? <laughs> I said it's more efficient to ask, is this okay, than to go through. Honestly, yeah. What you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in movies, we always see, like, it's this perfect moment of, like, I don't know, like in every single rom-com or like every, like every single romantic movie, like, like everything's perfect. Like they just lean in and they go for it and it's all great. Um, and there's fireworks, whatever. I don't know, but like, that's really not how it works in real life. Um, sad to say, honestly. Um, but which is why like, like Abby, you were, I completely agree with what you were saying earlier. Like, like, sexual situations in the media always seem to be, like, perfect and always, you know, I mean, it's because they are. They're, like, coordinated and stuff, like, on, on TV. Um, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we could have our princess moment with the fireworks, but. Yeah. Well, what I'm really pushing back on is that princess moment is not ruined if someone asks, can I kiss you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I mean, let's just add on to that. I think also a lot of this idea that you don't need to communicate during sex is built on this idea that everyone likes the same things. And that's not true, right? Like different people want different things in different moments and different things out of sexual situations. And so asking what someone wants or having that communication happening, right? Like, what do you want me to do? Like, does this feel good? It's a pathway to having a more enjoyable experience. Like not only does uphold consent better, just everyone has a better time too. Yes. Snaps to that. Go Natalie. Completely agree. Okay. Anyone else have anything to add to that? How how consent is seen in the movies or just media? Yeah, I mean, I really just like that Natalie said 
that, you know, even in like, you know, your princess fairy tale moment with like the fireworks or whatever it may be, like even like asking a person if you can kiss them in that moment does not make it like it's not a buzzkill or doesn't make it romantic. It just shows that like you care about that other person's feelings and like um, want to be going through with consent. So, yeah. Yeah, it's almost it's better because it shows the other person that like you want to make them feel safe and you want to make them feel respected and comfortable rather than just like going for it and you know like crossing boundaries if they have them um so yeah honestly it's better that's what we're gonna tell to um students in our classrooms yeah other thing i really want to talk about was I mean, linked to media, we've seen so many people come forward with allegations of sexual assault with the Me Too movement. So many more people are talking about their experiences with assault. Um, I guess, how do we deal with that? And what, like, I guess, what should we, what should we take out of the Me Too movement? And how many people have experienced situations where there wasn't consent? Yeah, I mean, with the Me Too movement, movement, um, and just... Um, I feel like, yeah, it's becoming more and more common for um, people to speak out about the experience that they've had. Um, and so as, um, as a way to help those survivors of um, sexual harassment or assault, um, we can, the best way that we can help them is by always believing them. And so by, to create a culture of consent, um, we just always need to believe survivors. Um, and we actually have some resources if you or somebody you know needs someone to talk to um uh, we will have them linked on our instagram page i think the other important thing to think about when we say believe survivors um one of the common reactions you see when someone in power is accused of sexual assault is that people rush to defend them, saying like, oh, they played such lovable characters on TV, or they were such a good person to me. Um, and the thing that I feel like we need to talk about is like lots of people who have sexually assaulted other people are likable. Like lots of bad people are likable. Um, lots of people have had like, the, the other thing that like the Me Too movement shows about society is like how broken our understanding of consent is. So there are lots and lots of people out there who have had awful education at what consent is and who are going through life, like seriously hurting other people because of that. And so part of Believe Survivors is that lots of likable people have done awful things. And that doesn't, just because they're likable, just because like, you have a friendship with them, doesn't mean that they didn't hurt someone else. And that sucks. Yeah, but that's so And I think, oh, sorry. Um, no. I was like, it's so true and like you were touching on this but like education like about consent is so needed and I think it's like one of the most important aspects of sex education um because people really just like they do things that maybe I mean they have to have some level of like knowing that like that is wrong but maybe they don't and like it comes down to consent and knowing that like you need to ask permission and make sure that everything that you're doing is okay um, with that other person. Really? Yeah. I don't want to excuse like people who assault other people are rapists. 
Um, but I think like the larger conversation we're having here is like the first step is that we are, we're like supporting people who've experienced sexual assault. But the second step is we, if we want to make sure that never happens, we double down the education. The expect, yeah, thanks for clarifying that. Um, because I think moving forward, like if we want to, you know, honor like these survivors sure that we like need to be starting to teach, um, people all about consent. Yeah, let's go. Come on, fries. Just keep fries in your head, everyone. Freely given, reversible, informed, um, enthusiastic, specific. Okay, remember that. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah. So moving on, what do you guys think would make these discussions in real life easier, less awkward, or more positive for people? I think just normalizing them, like making it known, like in the media, like showing what consent looks like, um, and just really normalizing and having these conversations. I think, I mean, it can start with you talking about consent with your friends, about um, like talking about the Me Too movement and like how, you know, like, um, and just all about that. So yeah, I think it, I think just really normalizing it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of questions when we're teaching that are along the lines of like, how do I ask for consent in a not awkward way? And I think that we provide some examples of that, right? So like, does this feel good? Is this okay? What do you want me to do? All good examples, like asking questions about what the other person wants. But also, I think the first time you ask for consent or you start having that conversation, it's going to feel awkward and just keep doing it anyway, right? The way it becomes not awkward is when you keep having that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I just tell when I'm watching a movie with my family or with my friends um, and there's a sexual interaction where um, consent is not present, which is most of them in movies, um, I remind them and myself that um, even though like it might look like a perfect scenario, like there is no consent present there and um in real life like that could turn into a potentially like harmful um situation and so just um just talking about it with people um and if you're in a relationship just talking about it and even though it might be awkward just keep talking about it um because really that's the only way that that we're gonna get we're gonna create um a culture of consent um, because as of right now, we really do not have one. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of shame um, that people might um, that people put on other people um, for speaking out. Um, and so the way we can help people and combat that is by just keep talking about it, keep believing in survivors, and keep educating people on consent. All right. Um, thank you again for tuning into another episode of Teens Talk Sex Ed. Remember to submit any questions to Anchorage Teen Council at gmail.com. DM us on Instagram, which is ans at ANC Teen Council, or harness your carrier pigeon, whatever works.
Let's talk about sex ed, baby. Thanks for listening.